Welcome to Golf Better at Edwin Watts Golf. Episode 132. Hello everyone, my name is Tom Purcell. Thanks so much for joining us. We say it every time. If you're a first-time listener or a long-time subscriber, caught every episode, it doesn't matter. Either way, we're glad you're with us and it's fun day today. It's always fun when we have somebody walk through the door instead of the phone line. And we have a real special guest here with us today who's live here in Studio A, the palatial Studio A with us. He is the founder and the director of Dew Sweepers uh, Golf School. He's also the voice of the director of Dew Sweepers Radio Show on Sirius XM Radio. That's PGA Tour Radio. Mr. Tony Ruggiero. Tony, thanks so much for joining us. Man. It's, great, it's great to have you here and hear your voice, and I get to see the face instead of just listening to you on XM. Well, Tom, thanks. It's a, it's fun. Great. Always good to come by the Watts folks here. You know, we've had a long relationship. We've done stuff together a long time. So it's uh, it's good to come to the Palatial Studios. It's a heck of a view here. I'll tell you, you, can't, you don't get much better view than you do here uh, on Hill Street. But, no, it's always good to come by. Tell us a little bit about your background, Tony, because obviously it's you're heavy in golf now. You grew up in the game. It's always fun to hear about how people fell in love with this great game. Well, I, you know, it goes back, if you want to go back to the beginning, it goes back to my grandfather that taught me how to play at Pinehurst when I was a little kid. I mean, I, he retired to Pinehurst. Um, you know, when he it was in his 50s, I was a little kid, and I used to spend the summers there in a little golf course uh, in Southern Pines with him and walk around and around and around to play as many holes as I could. And I with your grandpa, in, right? With my grandfather, and, wow. I, and you know, and uh, fell in love with the game. I mean, learned to love the game there and, and, you know, was a kid that I think like a lot of us back then, we had, and it's different now, and I know we'll go into that, but, you know, one of the things that I wanted to do and liked to do was just to play golf, and there, there wasn't so many other things I could do. Uh, to to pass the time, but enjoyed playing as much golf as I could, and so that's where I got my start. And then you know I played played collegiately at St. Mary's University in San Antonio, is where I played the majority of my golf and developed some great friendships, some folks that still come and out here and play in tournaments with me. And and uh, finished at Sanford University in Birmingham. And along the w- way there, I you know I had the great fortune. I always tell my students and anybody that'll listen that I I always. You know, I always like teaching probably more than I like playing, even though I love playing. I had the great opportunity to to be taught early on by some of the great teachers in the game. And, and my first real golf instructor was Mark Wood, who's on the show a lot. Woody used to have a used to have a golf syndicated golf show on a, on on the Sporting News Network, and and a teaches Bo Van Bo Van Pelt, great teacher. Um, energetic guy and and he was my first real golf instructor so he he developed a passion and a love of teaching in me that that hasn't gone away and and from there I developed a, a friendship and who you know be one of my best friends Wayne Flint now we do golf schools together and Wayne's been on the show a good bit so and and then from there I met Hank Johnson who became my longtime mentor for 10 years and and really instilled and developed in me the principles and the things that I think are important in teaching the game and how to run a golf operation and, and all of those things. So I've been blessed and fortunate to have great, great influence. Uh, people of, with just there's some great teachers really influenced me, and uh, and I think that's kind of why we're here. You know where we are now. Same very similar lines with Hank Haney playing mm-hmm. at Tulsa, then finally realizing somehow that he enjoyed helping people more get better mm-hmm. than he was himself. Not a bad player. But he enjoyed making other players better. I th- yeah, I think you know early on. I think you know whether you want to play or teach. And and uh, you know, I still I'm a very competitive person. I've played in the Watts tournament a whole bunch of times. Been fortunate enough to win it a few. Yeah, and, like and seven or eight. Or it's five out of six. Five, five out of six. But who's counting? Right? But right. But uh, <laughs> but you know. So I love to compete, 
and I love to go play with with my students and my the good players I teach. Uh, you know, I guess my, my best player that I teach or the one I'm most known for is Bobby Wyatt. The kid the plays for Alabama, one of the best junior players uh, or college players in the country and best-ranked amateur players in the world. And, you know, when we get the chance to go play, we played nine holes a couple of days ago before I hurt this foot. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm trying to beat him just as bad as I can. I mean, I still still like to play, but, I, you know, the passion for teaching is where, it, where it's at for me. And talk about the school. How did that how did that come into existence and – and, and how it's grown and how it's become known not only here regionally but all, also nationally. Well, yeah, it started with uh, I worked for Hank Johnson and for Wayne Flint was I was Hank's uh, assistant for a long time and and you know I think it goes hand in hand with the radio show when we started the radio show and my partner on the radio show Ralph Carroll a veteran from the music business I mean I don't think anybody would ever thought that it would have caught on and been as popular as it's been on on the PGA Tour channel and so out of that you combine that with. Um, you know, I was just very fortunate. I had a lot of success with a bunch of good young players. And uh, so as that, as those two things grew, there were some opportunities with, with golf folks and places to have, um, you know, to have, to have some operations. And, and what's important to me, and I know is important to Wayne as a, as a business partner on the golf school, it's important to give quality instruction, but give some folks the opportunity that want to learn how to teach, an opportunity to learn how to teach under good teachers. I think one of the real problems in the game of golf and not to get on my soapbox, but I think that I think we have done a pretty poor job helping people learn how to teach the game. And I think that, and I think we need to have more mentoring. And again, a lot, the most of the folks that I, that I look up to in the game, as far as teachers are, are more of the old school guys, the Mark Woods, the Tom Patry's, Tom Ness's, Hank Johnson's that have been mentored by great teachers and mentored a lot of good young people, and I don't know that we're doing a very good job of that right now. Is a lot of that directly attributable to the economy and some some guys getting out of the out of the teaching business or not? Just or, you know, I'm sure it's a combination of a lot of things. I don't I don't, I don't think the economy certainly helped our business, but I I, I think the the lack of mentorship is more just unfortunately probably the way the world is i mean i think there's a lot of young folks that get in to the teaching business and they think it's cool to be it's cool to be butch Harmon or hank johnson or, or you know to a lesser extent myself you know they see us walk on the tee and they see us teach a they see us teach a tour player or a bobby wyatt or somebody like that or, or a bunch of good young players and they all want to do that and it takes a long time to get there and i think that as these too many young folks you mentioned before we went on the air, we, you talked about the instant gratification. And, and there's not a lot of folks that want to tee balls up for seven, eight years to learn how to teach the game. And and so I think they get pushed to go out on their own. And in going out on their own, they get pushed to try to come up with something that's going to make them famous or popular. And it may, you know, a lot of quick things like that aren't the real answer to making yeah. people better. Tony Ruggiero joining us here in studio here at Edwin Watts Golf, Golf Better Podcast locations of the schools it started obviously you had to start with one yeah you got to kind of moved around so how many how many now and where now because well, it's, it's kind of a cool, cool we, it's, it is cool and, and we're proud of what we've done and uh you know first of all really none of it could have ever been possible without the folks here at edwin watts when we started the radio show as you know from doing this stuff it's hard to find sponsors it's hard to find people that'll that'll do it and and the folks here at watts have always been a huge supporter of mine and, and we wouldn't have been able to keep the radio show on had we not had we not done that and uh, and so we, I still do a tremendous amount of stuff in stores with with the Watts locations, especially our other you know great sponsor, Cleveland Golf. So uh, you know we started locally here in the Panhandle, right down the road, and I guess that's why it's been such a good relationship. Um, 
you know, but now we have locations in Birmingham, Alabama at Highland Park where Wayne Flint teaches and, and Liz Matoli, our assistant up there, does a great job with ladies instruction, which I think is important. Um, teaching Mobile at the Country Club of Mobile, where I've just recently been named the director of instruction for the dew sweepers there, which is fun. Teaching a little bit at Steelwood in, in, uh, in Loxley, Alabama. And, and when I'm here at home in the Panhandle, I'm at Camp Creek and we're just about to launch a new operation uh, down near the Villages, Florida, which will be fun. Uh, you know, it's a busy place. There's a lot of golfers. A lot of there, golfers. Boy. A lot. You know, at a really nice driving range there, Buffalo Junction. Putting in a putting in a in a in a, in a golf school operation there. Going to do some teaching and some fitting, and con- and it's actually going to be in in conjunction in, in some ways with the folks here at Evan Watts. And so, uh, so it's going to be fun. So when you get time from sleeping and then you go to breakfast and you're not teaching at the school, then you got to do a radio show. Well, yeah. Talk a little bit about the Dew Sweeper show because it, it has caught fire. You can listen, I believe, Sunday Sunday mornings on, on you know, yeah, it, it plays Saturday and Sunday. Sunday a lot depends on the tour, you know, where they are. Uh, it plays three, four times a week on the on the PGA Tour channel, uh, depending on the tour schedule. And, you know, and then it's on it's on a, a wide variety of, of sports talk stations throughout the southeast. You know, it's in – Birmingham and Jackson and Baton Rouge and Tampa, a whole bunch of places have been in Nashville, a whole bunch of places have been great. So, uh, so we get a lot of folks catch it and you know, it's, it's a recorded show. It's all instruction. We bring, we really try to about three or four segments on that show. Four Yeah. Four segments. And, and, you know, so it's fun. Uh, it's given me great exposure to some of the great teachers in the game. And, you know, I, I think it's a big part time of why I've become a better teacher. I mean, it's really shaped some of my own thoughts on teaching because you sit there and you, you, you know, I mean, I'm the first one to say when I started, I wasn't the best. I mean, I wasn't the sharpest teacher in the world. I mean, you know, and, and uh, I probably could be sued for malpractice for some of the <laughs> stuff I gave out back then. So, you know, I had I had the opportunity to spend all this time um talking to these great teachers and I would just jot down information and, and, and they become friends with you. Folks like Jim McLean has taped tons of segments for the show and Tom Patry and Mark, all these great Tom Ness and all these great teachers would share information with me. And I've for, forgotten more golf than most yeah, of us I ever mean, know. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and they've been great to me. Brian Gathright from San Antonio who was Harvey Penix assistant. I mean, all these great teachers would share this info. And so it became a huge influence on what I teach, how I teach. And, and i think you know some of my my own personal preferences and alignments of what I thought were important in, in developing players came from from that big melting pot of information you also bring in a little bit every once in a while some new products mm-hmm. and, and rate those on the show correct we do you know and I think as you guys know it's and there's so much new stuff comes out and I mean to be honest as a teacher more of my students come to me with the new stuff than I see it you know before I see it you know I mean that, you know so so it's fun and we review products that are new and and, and we tell them whether it's good for their game, you know, hey, this is if you're a 12 handicapper, this would be a pretty good thing for you, you know. I mean, uh, and and talk about what's good for the average golfer because I think we get caught up, and I'm sure you see it too, we get caught up in what Tiger or Phil or somebody's playing. I mean, most of us can't hit it like them, and you know, and so I think it's good from the average golfer's perspective to, to put that info out there. And, and again, I mean, we, we send, you know, we tell everybody, hey, this is a great product, but – what really is more important that if if this might be what you want, you go to go to your local Watt store, get a qualified person that understands the game to fit you and put you in the right equipment. Yeah, and just to bring up another brand, Bridgestone's made mm-hmm. a living at this because mm-hmm. everybody wants the ball they see the, the tour players play. And like Lee Trevino said, he goes, "You got to be able to compress the golf ball." That's why he went to Bridgestone. He wanted to help design a ball that 
that the average swing speed could compress and they get into ball fitting and what might be the right ball for you. It, it might not be what the tour guys are playing. Same thing with with the blade irons mm-hmm. or the or, or, or the or the extra stiff shaft on the on the uh, on Bubba Watson's driver. Everybody wants the pink driver, but may not that shaft ain't right for everybody. Certainly, yeah, no doubt. And we could we could we could talk for hours here on how you know on what people really need to play better. But you know the majority of the folks we see come that come stand on the tee with us are going to have not enough loft, too stiff a shaft, and probably not forgiving enough of a club to help them play the game better. That was going to be my next question to you because we always stress the importance of getting fit. Mm-hmm. And some people, most people are just content with just grabbing something off the shelf and playing with it. You may not know that may not even be close to what's right for you. Right? Yeah, I tell everybody now, you know, for the most part, if you go buy it off the rack at Edwin Watts or you go get them to custom fit you, or get somebody to custom fit you and you go to the Watt store, I mean, you're going to pay the same thing. Why not get it fit for you? I mean, so you're going to wait an extra 10 days or whatever, but but it's going to fit your game better. And and, and I think it's important to have a relationship. And I, and I think one of the reasons that in the communities and the areas that I've been affiliated with and, and had a relationship with, with Edwin Watts is the reason they've been successful is because they have people that have relationships with the golfers in the area and they understand their games. And you have to have somebody that understands your game your golf swing and what you're trying to do to fit you. You can't just go in there and, you know, have somebody that doesn't know anything. And so I think that's that's the real key. You gotta have you gotta be custom fit. You listen, it's the one area of your game that you can be exactly like a tour player. I mean, those guys don't go play I mean I mean, when's the last time a tour player took a set of irons off a rack and went out and played a tour event? I mean it doesn't happen. So you have the opportunity to get the same information, the same quality of, of fitting that, that a tour player does, so we ought to take advantage of it. So, Tony, seeing what you see, what would you say the three things uh, uh, the average player could change to make a difference? You said one earlier, and it says most people don't play with enough loft, right? Yeah, I, I think they ought to play with more loft. I think uh, uh, I think too many folks are trying to help get the ball in the air, and they play not enough loft, be- and, and they end up leaning backwards, with primarily with their driver, trying to help it in the air. I like to see folks have – you know, less, more flex in their, in their driver shaft and more loft. And then they have to learn, they have to learn to hit the ball at the proper trajectory by turning their body through it rather than trying to lean back to get in the air. I mean, so I think that's the first thing, um, you know, shoot, if I'm fitting somebody, I see so many people with bad wedges in their bag. I mean, the one thing I think you ought to be able to do, I mean, it's 119, 129 bucks, go down and get you a really good, I mean, get you a really good Cleveland, a really good Vokey. I mean, get you a really good 56-degree sandwich and learn how to chip and take the loft off of it the right way by not right. scooping it. I mean, yeah, I think if everybody had a real good driver and really learned to pitch and chip the ball with a really good wedge, heck, I mean, I think they'd be, I think they'd be ahead of the game. Well, let's talk about some of the, uh, the future of the game, and that's who you deal with a lot in your schools is the college players and the junior players. It's a great game. You and I both fell in love mm-hmm. with it, probably for close to the same reason. I didn't have a grandfather teaching me, but um, I got involved because I was playing basketball before, and I didn't see a future there. I saw golf. My cousin was a real good golfer, and I knew it was in my control. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to get good if I work hard at it. it sure, it has its ups and downs. You're going to have bad days just like you're on basketball. But um, how do we get more people, young people, in this instant society that wants instant gratification, get into a game, where it takes long to play as compared to a basketball game. And uh, it takes it takes a while to get good at. I think I think kids are smart nowadays, Tom. I think you gotta be honest with them up front and tell them it's gonna be a while before they're good. And and uh, you know, I think that a bunch of I, I don't know that everybody always does that with them. I, I don't think that making kids good anymore is as much about the X's and O's 
I mean, it is it isn't just standing out there giving them a one hour golf lesson on on swing plane. I mean, it's about you got to give them really good fundamentals at a pretty good age. You got to give them good grips, good postures, uh, teach them to make a divot in the right place, and and how to use their body, their pivot motion to deliver the club. And I think if you do that, and then I think it's really about coaching them. It's about being more of a coach, like a football coach or a basketball coach. And these kids with social media, I mean, I know we follow each other on Facebook and then, you know, and all that, but these kids are so interactive with all of that, that you've got to be available to them through texting, social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, you got to be available to them all the time and if, if you really want to make a difference in them and they've got to believe that you care about them as much as as, as you do and you know they've got to trust you and then i think that's part of building a program and it's it's no different than building a college program and we've been fortunate to have some of the best players in the state of alabama and the florida panhandle come out of here and uh, and i think it's about it's about building that program well the upside to that too is when you're working with the kid and, and you're you're working with them and if they're in love with the game mm-hmm. They're going to be more inclined to do the homework assignments you assign them than an adult will, because an adult's going to want to pay for the quick fix, move mm-hmm. on, and then go back to his job. You no know, what I mean? these guys are going to want to work at it, and they'll see that results. Yeah, and, those and, results. And I think the way to motivate them, the way I've found, and, and we've had some success with it, and is we do these camps throughout the year. We do four or five camps a year. Y'all are a big part of it, big sponsor of it. But we, what we do is we take these kids, and we take 15, 20, 30 kids. And we put the kids that are trying to become better players with the really good players. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that it motivates them. I mean, these kids all have pride. I mean, they all want to be good. And we help them see what, what they can be like if they work at it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they get motivated by seeing kids be better. And I also think that they learn more from watching these kids that they've heard the names of at the tournaments and different things, and they get the chance to play with them, and they help each other, and they coach each other. And I think and, – and then we take some tour players that have been just really generous with their time. Nolan Hankey from down in Fort Myers oh, yeah. played yeah. Florida State. Nolan and, Nolan's one of my students, one of my, one of my great friends. And, and Nolan comes to almost every camp, and he plays with these kids. And these kids have an opportunity to – they have an opportunity to walk and talk and play with a guy who's won three times on tour. And, and that experience, I mean, that's more than anything me or Wayne or anybody else could offer him. So I think that when you combine all of that, I think you motivate these kids to become better. And when we're saying kids, picturing in my mind, and maybe the listeners are too, just, we're just it's just typical, you're thinking young boys, but you have a lot of girls in your we academy do. too. Talk, we, about, we talk about girls and getting that excited because opportunities for girls with Title IX, mm-hmm. if they can play – I mean, they're talking about place free, to play. free education or a greatly reduced education. Well, maybe the area that you can make the biggest impact in, in helping somebody rapidly is in the girls' game. I mean, you know, with what you said with Title IX. And, uh, you know, my philosophy on teaching girls is I teach them exactly like boys. I mean, we talk to them the same way, and, I mean, that isn't always maybe the best. But I think you, you, we're trying to make them into good players, great players, and achieve their goals, whether they're a girl or a boy. And, and there's a tremendous opportunity out there for girls, but they don't need to be taught any different. I mean, they need to learn to hit the ball as hard as they can. They need to learn to pitch and chip and putt the ball and get it in the hole. They need to understand that the game's about shooting a low score. And, and if you do that, whether they're a girl or a boy, they're going to get better. And I like to take our girls that maybe they're 13, 14 years old and they're starting to come on. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I like to put them with a 17-year-old boy that's 
you know, going to be an All-American. They could match and, it. Huh? And, and let them go out there and try to figure out how to beat them. I mean, they want to win, too. You yeah. know, so let them figure it out. These kids are smart nowadays and, and uh, way smarter than I was coming up and coming out of St. Mary's. And, and, I mean, they'll figure it out if we give them. If we put them in the right environment and we give them the right fundamentals and we give them the right coaching, they'll figure it out. That's good stuff. Again, the Deuce Sweeper schools in uh, Birmingham, also Mobile, Alabama, and, and, where, and, going, and coming to the villages, right? Coming down to the villages and as well as you can always get me down here at Camp Creek in the Panhandle of Florida. And so, and and quite often at a lot of Edwin Watts stores around the country doing stuff for Cleveland golf. So, and if you want to catch the show, like you said, check with your local affiliate, a sports station, but also Sirius XM Radio, right? Absolutely, you can always check the schedule out on on the XM Sirius Radio website, and you can always go to. Uh, you can always go to DeuceSweepersGolfShow.com or DeuceSweepersGolfSchool.com for information as well. I'm going to have you help me here with one more thing. Normally what we try to do is give a prize away to a listener. We have some neat stuff come through here. Wow. The listeners get to re- register a chance to win. Am I eligible? You probably You'd got a me, closet full of stuff. you see me play lately, you know I'm, you know I'm out of some golf balls. Oh, <laughs> yeah. These are the 20XI golf balls. Cindy Davis from Nike Golf, kind enough. President of Nike Golf, Cindy Davis, donating these balls. You know, She says if you're not playing 20XI balls. You're not playing resin. You're playing last year's dated technology, so you got to try this ball. We had a few hundred entrants for these golf wow. balls, and I'm going to let you announce the winner. All right. The giveaway for the dozen Nike 20XI golf balls is Gary Griggs of Plain Dealing, Louisiana. Plain Dealing, Louisiana. How about that? Shreveport. Yeah, absolutely. Good folks up there. we get got a lot of folks from Louisiana listening to the show, so oh, always good gosh. to send them something. We could do this all day. Anytime you want me to come be, on. This be, was, this we we have fun. a rather long episode, but we're gonna, we'll come back and do it again. Final words for our listeners and uh, and future golfers and current golfers out there. You know, I think I think the biggest thing: have fun. And I know that sounds simple, but but have fun, enjoy it. It's a wonderful game, as you know. It's been great to me, great to my family, uh, and it, it can be it can give you some special, lasting memories if if you enjoy it. But don't don't make it any more than it is. It's a game. Enjoy it. Learn some good fundamentals and enjoy the ride. Yeah, Tony. Thanks so much. Great having you. All right. Thank you, Tom. Probably the best piece of advice right at the end, other than get some more loft, get you a good wedge, is remember, it's just a game. It's just a game. Enjoy the game. Have fun with it because it's a great game for, for uh, that helped Tony and myself growing up. But also it's a great game to, uh, that, that you build a lifetime of memories and you live a life with them. Remember, it's just a game, but it's a great game. Thanks again to Tony Ruggiero for coming by and spending time with us. And thanks again to you, our listeners. And we'll do it next time. We have another episode of Golf Better at EvanWatsGolf.com. So long, everyone. <laughs>